This is the Internet's Worst Gaming Podcast. I'm Loki Jarson with a special guest today. Uh, way back when, in episodes that don't exist anymore, we used to have a guest, my brother Nick. Well, now, today, we've got my other brother, uh, Thomas, who likes to go by the Internet name Lord Master. Lord Masta? No ER? Um, no ER? And That's all, only because the name was taken. Do we want to come up tell how you came up with that name? Well, um, Lord Master, um, that's not my first um, gamer tag name. I had two other names in the past, way back in 2008. Um, the first name I went by is Watery Duck. It's one of those, you know, default names type of thing. You know what I mean? Random generated from Xbox Live, if I recall. Yes. Yes, February 3rd, the day of the Super Bowl, the Giants and the Patriots. You remember that game? The Giants defeated the undefeated Patriots. What a time to be alive. Even though the only... Uh, notable about that particular, my very first match was a just actually just a first match, just to help a brother out. You know, Nick um, has his thing. Which was he using your name, Loki Johnson, at that time? Probably. Yeah, that's before he went by other names. If he had like five different names, <laughs> I'm sure you remember some. Uh, they're all dumb, really. I've never liked any names Nick has ever had. Not even White Tiger. I've never liked any names he's ever had. He's had some real stupid ones. Anyways. Yeah, do you think Watery Duck's a stupid name? It's randomly generated from Xbox. You can only do so much. Yeah, I just went with it for most of 2008 um, through Halo 3. That's the first on I game I played. Um, and it wasn't until late June or early July that's when I played Call of Duty 4 and did that for the whole month. Um Including that one time I played the Call of Duty 4 campaign, which did a six-hour span. That's when you could beat the campaigns in a day, and you still could today, right, on some games? Well, now Call of Duty has uh, gotten rid of their campaign, hopefully for good, because they're bad. Only the Modern Warfare ones are good, as far as I could remember. Yeah, I think 3 is the best, but that's going way, way out of the way here. Uh, let's dial it back. So yes. you actually came to me with the idea for this show. I didn't go to you. Let's remember mm -hmm. that. So I'm going to let you drive the car here. You tell us where you want to start, where you want to go. I've uh, got to continue with the name origin. Um, okay. It wasn't until September of 2008 that's when I decided to change the name. And one of the driving reasons for that is when I was playing a, a match at Halo 3 at one point, where some little punk, we should say, um, made fun of the name. Of course you can make anybody's fun name. There, that time, that little kid called me Watery Dick, and I'm like, yep, time for a name change. Yeah, you're right. I would have changed it, too. <laughs> and I had a, two friends who were of a British origin. The guys, uh, and again, I could say their names. They don't give a fuck. They don't think I exist anymore. They think I fall into irrelevancy. Anyways. Um, Jiggy Jaggy J and Hellhound were two guys that I met, and they were part of some clan called DDC, so I decided, well, take up that name, and I called myself DDC Confessor. Thought it sounded uh, intimidating a little, but uh, that name only lasted for about two to three months before I was basically, you know, how much of an egotistical bastard that I am at times, and I admit, and then I changed the name to um, Lord Master, the name Lord Master was already taken. I would have had a space, um, but there is still a space in between. But most names I use, particularly in PC gaming, there's no space in between. There's, isn't there a zero instead of an O? Yes, there is a zero, because somebody already did a zero as well. 
I'm like, God dang it. So the, the origin of the idea of Lord and Master was due to watching an old wrestling show from the year 2000 um, on an episode of WSW Monday Nitro where a wrestler by the name of Kevin Nash, um, who won a match of stipulation to be the guy in charge, a commissioner, and uh, one promo when he brought all these wrestling personalities to the ring, and he says that one of the ground rules that he's come up with is that you address me as Lord Master. And that name struck with me. Well, it's not a bad name, all things considered. I just don't want to call you that. Um, yeah, I know, because unless if you're a religious person, then I can understand. <laughs> or a slave. Anyways. Yeah, that's that's the name that remains so for almost ten years now. So like me and Nick, uh, to a lesser degree, played a lot of video games over the last decade plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're more into PC gaming. In fact, you even have a, a YouTube channel, and I'll link somewhere in the description of this, uh, to it where you play a lot of PC games. Why do you play more... Do you think you play more PC than console? Because you do have, like, five console games. Uh, currently, it's more console than PC game. I'm a bit on a hiatus on the PC, especially that I got a new computer now, and I haven't got the recording devices that I usually record with back up yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still buying time. But now it's been more of console. Um, o- only for the sake of... Well, recording clips just to later post them on the YouTube channel and sometimes play with friends or talk to friends, which most of my friends tended to be a bit, you know, a bunch of jackasses, <laughs> like everyone's expected. But as for the uh, console, again, I only currently play about three games um, as of today. Um, Skyrim, GTA, and Battlefield 1, most notably, as I'm wrapping up the final montage. I recorded, as of today, 20 minutes worth of footage, and I still need a few minutes more. Do you usually edit by time length instead of content? There are some clips where I just leave it out there. It's like, okay, that's good enough of how everything went, as far as as I view it, because I'm more aesthetically pleasing type of guy. Um, but sometimes I just shorten it, just only for the good parts, and cut out the parts that are a bit long-winded. Hmm. Especially Battlefield. Battlefield matches can last like an hour. <laughs> 30 minutes average for a conquest. Now if you want an hour, oh boy, Operations. Which I played one last night. Hmm. And uh, I never liked Operations simply because it took too long. I have a short attention span, as you know, and I can't stand to play one thing, uh, especially a very slow Battlefield game like that. As yeah, opposed to Call of Duty. You know, Call of Duty is very fast, Battlefield is very slow. Yeah, you have short attention span, whereas I'm the opposite. I'm more of a patient person. Many notable cases in first-person games, um, regardless which game it is, where I just have a large amount of patience for Tell, almost I've, everything. I've, I've told this story off-air. Tell uh, the good people listening what you usually spend your time doing in Grand Theft Auto V. The best way for me to make money, which currently I have $14.5 million as of current estimate, and also I'm level 625 as of this recording. 625, can you believe that? I've been having this character since November of 2014. That's almost four years. Yeah. Um, how I make the most money was I have five, five large warehouses... Um, and when you put 111 crates there and you were to sell them all, in average, that's 2.2 million when you sell them all successfully. As long as you don't botch it by either you or your friends. 
How long does this take? Um, if you are strictly dedicated to stack all the crates in all five warehouses, it could take you about a week or even less. I once did it on a record of four days. <laughs> Morning, afternoon, all the way through 5 to 7 a.m., staying up all night. Back when I could do that, but I can't do that now. It sounds horrible, and I can't believe anyone would do that. I would be so ungodly bored. I don't think there is anybody that would actually do that. I feel like I'm one of the minority. Um, but that's not the only way I make big money. There's also the motorcycle club businesses, where if you were to sell them all of it, all the cocaine, the meth, weed, and whatnot. In the video game, just so we're clear. Yes, yes, in the video game. Um, where you could make about $2 million plus. Well, again, I usually do it on a public session alone, uh, unless I have friends along. Most of the time, I do this on my own. We've pretty much given up on Grand Theft Auto because everything is a pain in the ass and it takes forever. Yeah, and I can understand that, and I feel like I'm the only one who's loyal. All of my friends went off to do bigger and better things, like Fortnite. God. <laughs> um, yeah, but I stayed. <laughs> I remained loyal to, to the cause for rich. Uh... And what's the other, you, st you still play a lot of Skyrim many years after that's been released. <laughs> and I mean, I did a Skyrim back in the 360, and I couldn't finish that. And that was uh, that was before we moved on to um, the Xbox One, and at the same time when PC gaming was king, which I'll get to the PC games and you know later in the show mm -hmm. individually one by one. Now Skyrim, as I did the Xbox One, I was a male imperial. I did a first playthrough. I did the route of uh, join the Legion, even though I stayed neutral most of the time. Like, you would just join the site immediately, like most people would on the side of the Civil War, before just they do the main quest. Just get it over with, because it it's bogs the game down. Yes, um, like like we got to deal with this dragon threat and whatnot, but I chose to do the uh, route of neutral. Now, give away those holdings, the towns, so to speak, the Imperial or Stormcloak control. Make it look like I'm trying to do the Dayton Agreement sort of thing. And it's one of those peace agreements that ended the Bosnian War. Um, but in Skyrim, just let me defeat Alduin and then I'll join the war, which I did the Legion because I'm an Imperial. Well, it doesn't really matter. They're both dicks. Yeah, they are. But currently in Skyrim, I'm doing the female Nord, where on the male Imperial, like when you do conversations, I do persuasion first. This one is the opposite. I'm a loud, proud patriot soon to join Stormcloaks, where I do intimidation first. I it's good that you're trying opposite things, because a lot of people, when they replay an RPG, will be it Skyrim or whatever, will play the same thing again. Like, mm -hmm. make the same decisions and use the same powers and skills and armor. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I, the difference of playing Imperial Nord, the only thing they have in common is... They're not one for magic. I'm not much of a magic person in Skyrim. Whereas in the previous Elder Scrolls Oblivion, I actually cared more about the magic, even when I was in Imperial. Well, it's because in Oblivion you had a custom magic skill. You could make your own spells. You can't do that in Skyrim. <laughs> oh, yes, the custom magic spells you could come up with, some of which are downright, if I can use the word, gimmicky. Mm -hmm. You should also mention that you can name the spells in addition to being able to create them. Yes, including creating potions, which most of the time, and I did this in my YouTube videos, if you were to look up my Oblivion videos, especially the, the video, Lazar, Milvan, and the Super Rat. The first thing you see on the video are those 
potions that I made, which I use them as messages, like message in a bottle. Like I just say something insulting, or I could just create what I would like to think they're drugs, not like skooma or moon sugar. But like I just use, I don't know, restore fatigue, but it would also drain your magicka, and I would create a potion that I would name them cigarette. Mm. Or even drain your intelligence or whatnot by calling it crack. And I once stored a dozen potions full of crack in the tree stump, a hollowed out tree stump. Can we talk about that? How sometimes I've known in a lot of stories and a lot of videos in your channel, uh-huh. uh, in a lot of games, you're just a straight up dickhead. Like you were in real life, a very nice, honest person. Yes, very honest. I'm. But in video games, you're a asshole. Big time. Um, Why is that? No idea. Um, maybe it's because whenever I'm bored, like, uh, like if I do not feel like going out and do a quest, like I look up, okay, what's the to-do list of the quest? I don't feel like doing it. Just trying to come up with something creative. Look, I'm trying real hard not to laugh, but I have this urge. Okay, if I were to come up with a silly story. But most of it is well documented in the videos. It's better to watch a video of mine like Lazar Milvan and the Super Rat, which the Super Rat I'm referring to, there's this basement rat that lives in a house belonged to a Breton by the name of Lazar Milvan. What, what who, city is that in? Skingrad. Okay. Yeah, Lazar Milvan is a guy who, you know, brags about, you know, he's upper class and you are of a low birth. Uh and he would threaten you to a duel, even though this would never occur. You just give it a choice of conversation. You could say, excuse me, or I would say things like, I'm not a lober. And he's like, you contradict me. Uh, leave or draw your sword. And this would never happen. And I used this frenzy spell, which I created, which is called Bar Fight, which was originally intended to frenzy up to people up to level 17, um, which, of course, that's high and costs yeah. a lot of magic. But it's also within 15 feet of this room. It was originally used for inns. Like when people are in an inn for the night, like Merchant's Inn in Imperial City, I throw that spell and everybody starts fighting each other. <laughs> and and some, they sometimes take it out to the streets where the Imperial Guards intervene and create a more of a mess. But as I did it to Lazar here, he fights me, I run to the basement, and then there's this basement rat, which he moves so fast than a normal rat and just attacks the heck out of uh, Lazar here, then it ends. And then I decide to do the Paralyzed spell, which I created. I don't remember what I named. I think it may have been Normal Paralyzed. A Paralyzed rat, and he starts attacking me. I just run around the house, and I throw stuff at it. I didn't throw or shoot arrows at it. I don't want to damage it. I just try to make it entertaining. Like, just grab this here item and throw it down on the floor. And a rat can attack me. Oh, and the rat uh, can open doors. <laughs> That's the scary part. Like, imagine the door opens slowly, and there's the rat standing right there before it just lunges at you. Uh, so I just ran around the house and just throw stuff, and I even jumped on the table, and the rat is just bouncing like nuts. <laughs> um, and before I just ran out of the streets and yelled, Help! The rat's on a loose! And then the Imperial Guards start to fight this rat. And, uh, and the rat even killed the guard. It's not in. I remember this super rat. It's not invincible, right? It has incredibly high health. Or yeah, something weird. It, it only happens when you're of a higher level, and that means all some creatures of the world can be higher leveled health. That includes that freaking rat there, hmm. um, which normally you could kill it with a single punch. Um, 
But no, that one can take a lot of abuse. And uh, eventually, um, I killed a bunch of guards and ended that rat's life. Um, that's the video. It's you got to see it to believe. I, I've, I've seen her a couple times. And you, you did? Just, you've seen? Yeah, years ago. Uh, one more thing about the rat. Yeah. Um, the basement rat was originally an experiment by those developers who created that game, and it, they thought the experiment was just ah whatever, just leave. The rats are supposed to be out in the wild or dungeons. Well, this basement rat was left out. They forgot to delete that. And it was somehow superpowered by moving so fast and have higher health if you happen to be higher than level 2. There's a lot of weird things in Elder Scrolls games and uh, Bethesda games in general. Uh, <laughs> some of the little videos you've made in like the Xbox dashboard and things. Things you yes. do in Oblivion and Skyrim. And I watch, oh, I watch all those. I may not watch all the Battlefield ones. But I watch all the Elder Scrolls stuff. And sometimes you do some shit that I've never seen before, and I've played those games, I don't know, at this point, not as much as you, maybe, but a ton. And you, these glitches, or dudes falling through floors, or dudes flying, like stuff I've never, ever seen. Uh, including shooting that hawk up in the sky in Skyrim, where I shoot about a dozen arrows, and that thing refuses to go down. It's probably not a real thing, it's just like background. Yeah. Even though, I, sun. even though I looked up other videos by other people on YouTube, which I rarely do, because, again, I'm egotistical, because I hardly watch anybody's videos unless I'm in them. Unless well, there's something that adds to my curiosity. Uh, what, what else is on your agenda? We're gonna, I'm going to cut this discussion, obviously. Which discussion? This discussion of us having a discussion about what's next on the agenda. Okay. Um, you know, uh, remember, I saw you playing Red Dead before I started playing Red Dead. So, when was the last time you played Red Dead? That's got to be more than five years. <sighs> A long-ass time. I know I did the Undead Nightmare stuff, and we played some, like, poker together, or Liar's Eyes. I can't remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, we did of, both. Of the... All the people who have been on this podcast, that is, myself, Joe Stizzy, Rob, my yeah, our, our, other, our, other brother, our other brother Nick, and you, I am the one who likes Red Dead Redemption the least. That's absolutely true. And yeah. that, that has nothing to do with the game. It's just I'm not a real big fan of Cowboys. We've a Western lived, genre. I'm not. You know, there are a couple of Western movies I like, but, you know, we've lived in Texas our entire lives, and I am fucking sick of cowboys, and I'm sick of horses, and I'm sick of cowboy hats, and I'm sick of country accents. So, no, I'm not really into Red Dead as much as everyone else. But, um, what made you intrigued by playing Red Dead the first time, before I get into mine? Truthfully, it's so darn long ago, I don't remember. I got it on PS3, which means yeah. back then I really didn't care about it, because I cared about a game, I would get it on the 360. Now it's like the opposite. If I really care about a game, I'm getting it on the PlayStation 4, not the Xbox One. I know I played GTA 4, and I've played previous Grand Theft Auto, so I knew the company. Yeah, Rockstar. Yeah, and so I was like, well, sure, why not? I just got it and did it and played it, and I was like, yep, that sure was a video game. Let's move on with our lives. It didn't stay with me like it stood with a lot of people like you. Yeah, that, that, that one has a significant difference in my both personal life and uh, life as a entertainer, gamer, whatever, creativity. Sure. Yeah, again, uh, I saw you play Red Dead first. I didn't think much, but it wasn't until July 19th on 2011, which I can remember dates very well since I have this memory. And uh, I played it, it was around 1 in the morning um, in that time. As a matter of fact, I would even dare, when that anniversary comes, I might play it at 1 in the morning just to relive that nostalgia once more. 
do you normally play a lot of the campaign solo stuff, or do you go online? Oh, I always do uh, campaign, actually. Um, not online. Because, you know, which the is, things you, know, you can do is, on online are pretty limited compared to GTA 5. I was going to say, which is the opposite in GTA, because I don't think you've touched the campaign in GTA 5 in all the years you've played it online. Oh, um, not saying that I'm not interested. It's just was never even thought about. That means you're not interested. Even to this day, I guess you can say that. Again, it's just one of the the first impressions you get will consume you. And you've got a couple of Red Dead videos too of you doing nonsense. Yeah, mostly nonsense, especially this video that somehow got three thousand views, which I thought that would just stay in obscurity. No, it's pretty popular in some circles depending on who you ask, which is called Blackjack Rampage. And there are plenty of Rampage videos where people just go out and kill for the sake of killing. Well, you know. Um, this, but this, but I had my reason for it. Let's just say I got angry over a hand of Blackjack, which I still play Blackjack to this day in both Red Dead and the apps on the iPad. It was a 20-minute video where I just go out and kill people or sometimes just do some... Silly shit, such as riding on the back of a wagon and just shoot two horses in the back of their heads and roll down a hill, runaway wagon, and uh, and then I just crash and just bump on that wagon, <laughs> and then as soon as I crawl out of the wagon, and then from out of nowhere a cougar attacks me. <laughs> I remember one Red Dead video where you you shoot your horse and you like fall through the ground and end up like in fucking Mexico or some not something ridiculous. Oh, oh, that was from another video. Um. It it was glitched. I don't know how it got started, but it glitched. Where I'm flying, yes, I'm in Mexico, I'm flying with the horse, but it was moving frame by frame. Mm. Um, so, but the only one that's not moving frame by frame is me, John Marston. Um, and I just shoot that horse back in head, and then everything went back to normal. And Marston says, uh, he said something like, again, I don't remember the full line. He sucks. I'm sorry. I'm kind of crazy this time. <laughs> That's what he says as he's falling down, and then you go into hallucination mode, what it looked like in the background before you warped back into Tuparosa. Shenanigans and nonsense, yes. Yeah, but besides the shenanigans and the nonsense, it's just the story. The whole campaign itself in Red Dead is what really intrigued me. Mm. You know, the life of Marston, former outlaw, family man. So, what, so would you say... Uh, you're interested in the sequel, or which is really a prequel. Yeah, it's kind of odd to call it Red Dead Two, um, even though there was a older Red Dead game, Red Dead Revolver, which right. which had nothing to do nothing to do with any of these people. No, not at all. But then again, movies and TV did more of an impact on my life than video game. But if there's a video game that did make me an impact the most, would be Red Dead, <laughs> as far as story perspective. Just one more story. Uh, well, not really much a story, but a little detail about Red Dead before we talk a little bit about two. Mm. Um, again, there were far too many things I've done that are considered dickish, such as push, you know, push people to the ground. You do that uh, a lot. Like they're standing near a river or on a platform. Or a goddamn train coming by, but it's kind of hard to do because they have to be on horseback. I sometimes push people off horses. Um, but then again, the only thing that stands out for me of the ridiculous things, especially that happened in the Blackjack Rampage video of mine, and that is having a fist fight with a dog. <laughs> um, where, um, like, normally when you're in a fist fight with somebody, John Marshall would just taunt, says, like, come on, hit me. Um, but he was saying that to the dog, too. 
like they even record on video, he's saying things like, um, hit me, god damn it, as he's punching that dog, even though he's hitting air mostly. But you, you're like, yes, you're hitting air, but you do hear impacts of hitting that dog as it just tries to bark or bite at you. Um, you sure you're a man, friend? That's what he also says to the dog. <laughs> yeah, that's just the thing that kind of stands out to me of what is most absurd regarding Red Dead <laughs> with the uh, funny stuff. What are you looking forward to most in the sequel? Are you going to play the online stuff? Uh, probably do the route of campaign first before you think about online. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, the story, they say, takes place in uh, 1899, so that's a couple of years before the events of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. So this, like, they say that 1911 was the, the end of the Old West, and this one is the twilight of it, I guess. Close to that. It's the beginning of the end of the Old West. Yes, um, the end of the beginning, as Churchill would say. Well, jeez. So yeah, definitely look forward to it. Again, it's many months ahead. Um, sure. That's October. Um, which, of course, there are little more other things that I would discuss that would come before this. I'm trying to think of a good segue for this. Although the next thing I would talk about is uh, Battlefield 1, but I would go back to Battlefield history a little. The first Battlefield I played was Battlefield 1943. You know, that was a little free arcade thing that was on the 360. Uh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, you played Bad Company. That was your first um, Battlefield. Yeah, and I wasn't, honestly, uh, the first Bad Company, whenever the hell that was, 2006, 2007. I frankly wasn't all that impressed by it, and I didn't play any of the online stuff. It wasn't until I uh, played Bad Company 2 that I really got into the multiplayer, and that led to Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 and then 1, although it's really waned for me, and I frankly could give a rat's ass about Battlefield 5 anymore. I'm kind of over military shooters. Uh, Even like Call of Duty. I used to play a ton of Call of Duty. Now I'm just like, meh. I think you've satisfied your bloodlust. No, it's not even that. It's they're they're so competitive. You know, as someone who still plays Battlefield One, it's mm-hmm. still an incredibly competitive game, and there's people at the top, people who are really good, and then people who are not any good. And if you're not any good, you probably shouldn't still be playing because if you're not good by now, you're never going to get there. All right, All right. Uh, I understand your your piece. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 43 was the first Battlefield I played. That was back in 2010. And, uh, and then I later played Bad Company 2, which I think I did play the beta of it. I remember Nick and his friends played the beta. Um, but I don't think Nick was ever committed to Battlefield games at that time. He was more of a Call of Duty person. Yeah, yeah. And Halo at times. You're one or the other, really. Yeah. And the reason why I played the Battlefield games, this was due to the response of, you remember when Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 first came out of how flawed it was before they later fixed it. Broke ass, yes. Yeah, that was one of the driving reasons why I went to Battlefield. Um, Not to mention this was during a time where I was striving for realism. I was looking for more realistic games, and Battlefield seemed to be the cream of the crop at that time. So I spent a great deal of time in Bad Company 2 throughout... Uh, 2010 and 2011. I still play Call of Duty games because, you know, it's... And not to forget the earlier 2009 Call of Duty... No, 2008 Call of Duty World at War, which that one to me is my... 
favorite of the Call of Duty games out of all of them. Well, you're a big history nerd. Yes, um, no, back in the Battlefield, and in 2011, uh, Battlefield 3 came, and, and they had it even more destructible environments. And yet, in some parts of the map, they aren't as destructible as the Bad Company 2 ones, with the buildings collapsing. Yeah, I remember that for sure. Yeah, but when you talk about, did you play online first or campaign first? Bad Company 2, I played <laughs> campaign first. And, it, and I believe it was from Battlefield 3 and then on. Played online first before you even think about campaign. Back when I cared, the only game I didn't... I played multiplayer first, I think, was uh, Call of Duty 3. When... Let's... Uh, well, what, do you mean, what do you mean by Call of Duty 3? Do you mean like the old one or... Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, just want to correct you there. You've told stories, let me tell a little story here. Mm-hmm. Back in the 360 days, my brother Nick and Rob, and Stizzy, and some other bunch of their friends uh, played a lot of Call of Duty, like a fuck ton. That's all they played. That's how they all met. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, and Modern Warfare 3, and a little bit of Black Ops here and there. And this was in the early days of, like, MLG, before it got super popular, and esports is where it is now. Uh And they had their own little clans of various names, and they registered on websites, and they had little game battles and stuff, and I wanted to be a part of that, of course. Why not? Who wouldn't want to play video games for potential prizes? But uh, I'm not very good at them, especially compared to you and Nick. So uh, every time I'd be like, hey, Nick, let me play on your team, and he'd be like, no, you kind of suck. I said, well, screw you guys. I'm going to go play Halo instead. And they're like, so what? No one cares. So when I first played Modern Warfare 3, I got it on PlayStation 3. Because I was like, oh yeah, I'm playing it, but I'm not playing with you, lose, you losers. I'm playing it over here huh. to be all high and mighty about it. Uh, I think that was my favorite Call of Duty as far as terms of the story goes. And then after that, it really started to wane. Uh, Black Ops 2, I commend them for trying something different with their branching paths in the campaign. Yeah. But uh, God, and then fucking Ghost was garbage. And Black Ops 3 was one of the worst pieces of shit I ever played. And then the franchise was dead. Battlefield's problem is just fatigue of these matches take a long time. And again, I'm not really great at first-person shooters online. So I'm just like, I'd rather just play something else. The last campaign I played was Black Ops 2, um, which I thought I enjoyed it. I did beat it in a single day, um, but the multiplayer was still memorable. And this was during the time, and this is concurrent to Battlefield 3 at that time. That's when I started doing these montage videos which my brother Nick arranged, which he used the laptop to record through the TV. And he added all these copyrighted songs, which I wouldn't <laughs> do that anymore um, if I were doing a montage. matter of fact, any montage I upload today will not have music in it. And yet I get spam comments about, hey, you know, add this, you know, music that's not copyrighted and totally original. And I'm like, no thanks, because I have other things to do. As someone who does... Audio editing? Audio editing is a pain in the ass. The editing for this episode is going to be a fucking nightmare. So, the more work you have to give yourself when you're uploading your videos, the worse your video is going to be. So, just say, fuck that and stick to in-game audio. If people don't want to watch it, people don't got to watch it. If you don't like this episode, fuck you! <laughs> I don't know what that audience be. I don't know. Fuck them. Who cares? I don't it think could... about that. It could be my friend. The difference, or, the difference or the, that's the difference. This is well, number one. This is my show. Number two, <laughs> the, 
The difference between <laughs> you and me is I don't give a fuck about my audience. <laughs> yeah, whereas I do at times. Yeah. At times, but yet but when it mostly, comes, mostly I want to move on. I'm going to push this onto PC. But you mostly, uh, when you're recording now, instead of just clips from Battlefield or GTA or whatever, you do a lot of PC stuff. Yes, that's in addition of the PC stuff. But when I record PC gaming, and and this later became had to extend to the Xbox games because back in the Xbox One, so to speak, for the current games that I play and record, um, through the upload studio, yes, you can mix and match with those videos together and try to put them as one, and you upload them through YouTube. They they deleted the upload feature on the YouTube app on the Xbox, and I'm like, well, where the hell am I going to do it now? I'll do it at OneDrive, where I have to, again, I put them together here in the upload studio, and send them to the PC, download them off the PC, edit there to put them as one, then upload to YouTube. It's a lot of steps. Yeah, again, pain in the ass. And I've been doing this for years, so it's pretty much like another day in the office for me. And I've had this YouTube channel since January 16th of 2013. So I've been doing what, this for five years. What PC games do you mostly play and, and record? Um, my best known work, as far as popularity goes, is Project Reality. What is that? Explain. Oh, I know. Obviously, I know the answers to all these questions, but I'm still going to ask you. <laughs> what is that? Um... Uh, I discovered Project Reality, which is a modification of Battlefield 2. Not Bad Company 2, but Battlefield 2, number 2. That's dated back in 2005. And the Project Reality mod are these uh, these modifications by a group of people of a dedicated community, which they're still there today, still updating to this day, where they wanted to make it more realistic. And as the years passed, they added factions uh, where you could play many sides, um, such as U.S., U.K., China, Russia, um, the fictional Middle Eastern Coalition, which is a leftover from Battlefield 2, but they chose to remain it so. And most recently, they added Poland as a faction. But I haven't played as them yet, because I haven't played Project Rally since November. But it's, so not, like, on... it's not like normal Team Deathmatch, either. It's, it's weird, objective-based. Yes, um, there are two, there are two game modes. Sometimes three for a rare occasion. Um, there's A and A and S, A A S. Um, that's what it's called. Assault and uh, secure. It's like conquest, but once you hold that objective, um, like you gotta take the objective, neutralize it, and then it's yours. It may sound like conquest to you, battlefield people out there. But uh, as far as the realism part, they real they made it realistic on the damage, as well as squad communication, which is the most important feature. They have two different forms of communication. One is squad chat, where you can talk to your squad mates no matter where they are, and the other is the local chat, where you can talk at a limited range around you, and they can hear you, and and the voice tends to drown out the further away you go. You understand that concept, right? Sure. And plus, the, for the vehicles, especially for armored vehicles, um, and lesser extent aircraft, um, unless it's single-seated, that one's got to require some teamwork. One's the driver, the other does the gunning. Which is something that a person like you, you wouldn't want to do, you know? Wouldn't God, have, no. Wouldn't have the patience. Man, just thinking about it makes me a little upset. It's like, fuck, that's so much work in a video game. You're supposed to have fun. It's not a real yeah. job. 
I mean, yeah, there is fun in the video game. That's if you want to be a goof, you like have some personality. Everyone's different. People from around the world play this. I've met people who, again, the majority of the players are Americans. There are some British, some French. Um, there's even a <laughs> one match where I played as Israel, um, where there's a squad of Americans and a squad leader's from Finland who understands us perfectly. Um, Again, people from around the world play this, and there are some dedicated servers who are exclusive to Russian players or Chinese players and whatnot. How I discovered Project Reality was on the fall of 2012. Again, this was during the time I was looking for more realistic games, and I found Project Reality. And it was through a, a popular YouTuber by the name of Drake 42 which he still sometimes plays it today. And I even sometimes played with him. The one match in Project Rally that stands out to me the most was back in May 7th of 2013. Um, was the day of the Battle of the Falklands. Um, not real life history, we're referring to the 1982 Falklands War, but rather it's a match that took place in that time period. Um, but you're not all familiar with the uh, Falklands War between the United Kingdom and Argentina, do you? Not really. Uh, I'm a military guy, military historian nerd but of, like, European military history. Um, not to mention it's at a, a two islands that's way down south in the Atlantic. Yeah, almost in Antarctica. Yeah, 400 miles east of Argentina. Um, yeah. It was from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., nearly two hours long, that match was. Um, the match was uh, so memorable, the, the Falklands. I mean, I was a squad leader at that time, which is something I do not usually do. <laughs> Because I'd rather be a soldier, or a medic, or a machine gun, or whatever they give you as a kit. Which, matter of fact, it's only your free will to choose your kits. It just depends on the squad leader tells you. It's like, hey, I want you to be a medic, and I need this guy to be my machine gunner. That sort of thing. But I was a squad leader, which are, although you can name your customized squads, which most people tend to name CAS, as in close air support, just to show that this squad's dedicated to flying aircraft. Or um, tank squad. I mean, you get it, right? I my, yeah, my squad, which is an infantry squad, anyhow. I named it Laser Wolf, and you know where that reference came oh, from. Jeez. <laughs> uh, that, believe it or not, is a reference to Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. The, the musical, the Broadway musical, made into a movie that we saw like a half an hour of one time. And there's a character in it called like Lazar Wolf or something. It's not spelled like it sounds, uh-huh. but to us it sounded like Laser Wolf, so forever that character is known as Laser Wolf. Yeah, I made that squad name just to make it sound unique, and people would come right. in. And then and you sang, if I was a rich man, yabba dee I sometimes say that to myself, but now in GTA, I'm a rich man. <laughs> $14 million richer, and at one point had $41 million. Now get back to the story uh, of the Falklands. The unique thing about it is it's my first time in that map. It was nearly a two-hour long match. I think it was an hour and 50 minutes long, and I later produced a a two-and-a-half-hour pseudo-documentary, which includes not only a perspective of mine, but also to another guy, and to another guy, and as well as Blue Drake 42 He was there, and I used his video footage without his permission, but I don't think he would give a damn, (laughs) to make it a pseudo-documentary video where I did all the narration. 
it's what I would call it's based on a true but fictional story, um, not aimed to reflect history. It was a fictional story that really happened. Yes, hmm. in the PC game. You consider just, you consider that your finest work in that. From video making or being part of the battle. Either or. It was the greatest as being the role of a squad leader, even though I was a bit timid at first. Plus, it took place at night. It was a night battle. There are hardly any lights. The only source of light are some of the lights that are on the settlements or the muzzle flashes of the guns. The rest of it is just nearly pitch dark. And you can't turn on the headlights on the trucks either, because you don't want to give your position away. Again, this sounds like such a pain in the ass. I can't believe you have the patience to play this crap. Yeah, not to mention the rough terrain in the Falklands. It's, there are no trees. It's all plains, tall rocks, mountains, and an occasional snow shower or two. Intolerable conditions. Um, much like the real-life Falklands war that happened in 82, if you were to tell a veteran that. I never had a kill in that entire match. I never did. Um... Even though I was armed with a submachine gun, which was unsuitable for open terrain like that. Um, but uh, most of the, but the reason why I was ranked number one on the British team was largely contributing through building forward outposts, which are spawn beacons to you uh, people. Spawn beacons, because you can't spawn on flags. You either spawn home base or wait for somebody to build a forward outpost. Or wait for a squad leader to drop his rally point if two of your squad members are with you, as long as there are no enemies around you, nearby. Mm. Um, never had a kill, got the highest score, and I was pretty much happy with it. The deaths that I had, um, I'm not saying I'm not going to mention them, but they're more of, it's, it's whatever, I'm really doing a big part for this team. Let my squad mates do the killing. But again, what you've been playing lately over the last year is... Uh... PC strategy. You've been into strategy games for a very long time. Yes, from way, way back, back when. Yeah. Yeah, way back in 2004. Uh, when I first got my own PC. And you first, I don't know if you made me or I volunteered, but got me to play Rise of Nations. Yeah, and later the expansion pack Thrones and Patriots. Which, um, which to this date is the only strategy game I've ever completed. And I can't say I enjoyed any of it because I find strategy games incredibly slow and boring. Uh, oh, it just occurred to me. I actually did play a much earlier strategy game long before Rise of Nations. There was the old Command and Conquer series. Oh, yeah, everything, yeah, sure. everything from Red Alert to the Tiberium series and and uh, Generals. Did I already say Generals? No. Oh, uh, um, okay. Because um, I may have heard Red Alert in my head. Um, didn't play any of the more recent ones because I'm pretty much out of it. <laughs> because I'm into newer stuff as we go along with Rise of Nations for 2004 05. Um, but the strategy game that I played the longest more than any other was Civilization 4 from 2005 to 2016. Didn't play any of the newer Civilization ones. I, only 4 stuck out to me. What? And later played its mods. What is the appeal of these strategy games to you? What do you like about them more than any other genre, let's say? I like running things, um, especially playing. I guess you could consider simulated games like the older sim games. Yeah. Um, not talking about the Sims. No, no, no. Not that stuff. No, like Sim um, Car, Sim Town, Sim Ant, those things, yeah. Yeah. Park, Safari, uh, Tower. 
hell, simcopter. You fly a damn helicopter, and there's no strategy. Now. You're you're doing deeds, whether it's saving people from a fire or, a, or a, hey, pick up this person and transport it to a point A to point B. But again, Civilization Four that I played the longest, more than any other, was is a turn-based strategy. The majority of the, the strategy games I played are real-time. Uh, Civilization remains to be, I guess, as far as memories concerned, the only turn-based strategy game I've played. And what kept me in that longevity is is because of unlimited gameplay, I guess. Replayability, there's a word for that. Um, you play as whatever civilization, and you do this X amount of goals, either reach to the end of time, or conquer everybody, or dominate 80% of the world under your cultural borders, or win the space race. You know, this is the first time in show history that we've ever actually talked strategy games, because I don't play them, Rob and says he don't play them, this is not that, our thing. Yeah, that, I don't think they have the patience for it. The only strategy game, turn-based strategy game I'm interested in is chess. And uh, I guess Risk, I played Risk. Risk is like a, uh, the same thing, it's an actual board game as opposed to a video game. Uh, but this other game that I've been trying to get to for the last ten minutes, uh, now that I want to talk about it, I can't think of it. It's Crusader Kings 2 or Crusader Kings? Yes, uh, Crusader Kings 2. I never played the first one because I was way out of the loop. I did not discover Crusader Kings 2 at around 2016, October of 2016, when I was watching a YouTuber by the name of Taconic who was... One of the members of the famous Shaktak group, who often play Arma, um, and the most famous guy being Dyslexi. Uh, and many people thought, a guy like me, with the amount of entertainment that I provide on the channel when it comes to playing games like Project Reality or Forgotten Hope 2, which is, by the way, pretty much a World War II version of Project Reality, um, and they think I get most of that humor from those guys, whereas in actuality, I tell them I, I don't. But I'm kind of closeted fan of some of the Shack Tack guys. <laughs> I find them entertaining. They're one of the few YouTubers I actually watch for entertainment's sake. While Taconic did a pretty cool, amazing video of Crusader Kings 2, which he calls it Band of Bulgars, like Band of Brothers. Um, where he was playing as Finland, and he made alliances somehow with Again, these are fictional states that these guys come up with, with the Greater Bulgarian Union and the Abbasid um, Caliphate, and they decide to form an alliance despite the religious differences, because they had a setting in the game where um, religious marriages, I mean, you can't have a Christian marry a Muslim, whereas they changed that in their multiplayer settings where anybody can marry anybody regardless of faith. Um, so they decide to make a coalition against the, the Norse um, Empire which is in Norway and, and Sweden. And they even ran uh, the United Kingdom, the British Isles, so to speak. And they came up with a fictional Norse empire. They called it Valhalla. It was a hell of a story. So you saw that video and were uh, inter got interested in the game that way? Uh, what got me interested is, I mean, yeah, it was an epic war video, I guess we could say. What got me into that was a little series that they call... <laughs> uh, the Chronicles of Bullshit. Um, Taconic and his friends were doing a multiplayer. He was Lithuania. Uh, one of his friends was playing as um, the uh, Kingdom of Sy Sultanate. The Sultanate of Syria. Not Kingdom, because we're using different cultural names here. 
and another guy is playing as uh, the Umayyad Caliphate. That's Muslim Spain. And another France. And the last one way over there in Mongolia. <laughs> so they just, uh, Taconic, the way he was recording, he just cut out parts. Like he just skips time to more notable moments. So he, they just made all kinds of stupid jokes and they showed significant moments that um, intrigued me. Um, and, and you know me being long time strategy and back then I was I was into classical antiquity such as ancient Egypt ancient Greece and whatnot. what do you mean back then you still are you told me the other day about some nonsense and they found it in an Egyptian tomb yeah um, again I was stuck into that and I didn't know shit about medieval history up until that point where okay yeah and uh, so it wasn't until January of last year, and that's when I decided I had to deal off the, to buy Crusader Kings from Steam, and along with some of its DLCs. I bought all the DLCs at later times, whenever I could afford it. There have been, been a ton of uh, what we used to call expansion packs, a ton of DLC for that game since the years it's been out. Yeah, the game first came out in 2012. As I played along and learned a lot about running a kingdom... Again, the the goals of Crusader Kings is you just set your own goals for whatever you like. As long as you get up the high score to the more um, relevant dynasties in that time. Again, the game is a dynasty simulator. It's a grand strategy game set in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. You can start from 1066 AD. Um, that's the earliest you could start with. But if you have the Old Gods DLC, you can do an earlier start date at 867 and if you have Charlemagne, 769 is the earliest start you, you can have. And that's the uh, the one I usually start at. I usually start at the earliest. That's not just much of a later person. Your standard strategy game of gathering resources, uh, acquiring allies, conquering enemies. Uh, there are no gathering resources, actually. No. Um, although there is such thing as income, you know, monetary income in your treasury. Tribute. Sometimes tribute. Um, in wars, if you were defending your country from an attacking country, whether it's holy war or territory or even pagan invasions, um, and if you win the defensive war, then they'll pay war reparations to you. Whether if it's like that one time when I beat the Vikings out of Finland, um, a different gameplay, not related to the video I referred earlier. They gave me 30 gold for war reparation. Because they're not a feudal kingdom. They're tribal, like, like me. Hmm. You, could, you can play as a merchant republic like Venice or Genoa um, if you have the Republic DLC. In addition, all non-Christian characters are unplayable without the purchase of the DLC that unlocks them, such as Muslims, pagans, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, Taoists, and Zoroastrians. Um, Non-Catholic Christian players are playable, however, such as Orthodoxy, um, Miaphysite, or Nestorian, as well as its heresies, which can only happen if the religion's moral authority is low for whatever reason. Um, When I played Crusader Kings, I never thought about making a video compared to what everybody else does now until some more ridiculous events keep happening. I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll do a series for once first one I did was called the Vukovic Tales. 
30 episode series on my YouTube channel. It's in a playlist where I play as this fictional Serbian dynasty called Vukovic, which the first ruler was a witch, an evil woman who ran Bosnia, um, who was a member who was a member of the Devil Worshipping Society, and I did all these evil, ridiculous things. Huh. And that's who we're all descended from. I did not start recording the series till we reached 1215 A.D., right around the Mongol era, which the Mongols never came here. Um, the reason why I recorded that series is because the gameplay got so screwed up. Slavic pagans, uh, one of the pagan faiths you could play as, reformed their faith. They functioned like the, the Christian churches. And inside of our... Byzantine Empire. I was a vassal of the Byzantine Empire, who was ran by Greeks. They were supposed to be Orthodox Christians, and I was—I didn't become Orthodox until 1100s AD. I was originally a Slavic pagan. They all became Slavic pagans, just at a snap of the finger. This may remind you of what happened in Episode Three of Star Wars, of how Palpatine became the Emperor. Well, quite like that. Everybody was just kind of cool with it. Yes. Uh, plus, it was an elective monarchy, and I looked at the traits of who's the guy getting the votes the most to be the next Byzantine emperor. I was allowed to vote, too, because I was a vassal to them. So I see this guy who's going to win this vote as soon as the old emperor, or Basilius in Greek, dies. Um, he says, sympathy for pagans. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's secret pagan. No, don't vote for him. Um, I try to change votes. like get these people to buy favors and make them vote, or do a dirty way, and assassinate him. And as we got rid of that, Basilius, and and this next one doesn't have sympathy for pagan straight. Well, clearly I was wrong. He was a secret Slavic pagan, and he revealed himself. Nearly all of his vassals became Slavic pagans. And my response to him was, okay, I will become a pagan, but I will secret, I'll become secretly orthodox and form a secret orthodox society so we can reach out to everybody within to to not turn their backs against Christ, but to join back with us. It lasted a couple of decades um, before everybody went back to being Orthodox. And then it became back and forth. Like on a certain ruler, everyone's pagan again, and then later Orthodox. And um, and there was even this Shia, uh, Shia Islam, Shia Jihad against the Byzantine Empire, and I had to help out, which it turned out to be like World War One scenario in terms of how stationary it was. It lasted 12 years, and we were able to beat them by making them calling off, making them think it's not working. We're not winning or losing. It's just stagnant. Hmm. Um, and then I fought for independence against the Byzantines, and I won. And then I played as this, em well, not emperor, king, um, who would later become an emperor as I expand territory, who was born Serbian Orthodox, but for some reason was raised in Florence, um, Italy. And he was raised as an Italian and a Jew. <laughs> and uh, He's a literal merchant of Venice. Yeah. Um, and I became this ruler. Again, this is what happens when you die. You become this character when you die. When you die of whatever reason. Mostly old age, which they call a natural death. Sometimes you could get killed in battle or through sickness. Or, by whatever reason, you sacrifice yourself to the gods, if you're a pagan. Yeah, some would think it's kind of like Game of Thrones, but I saw this one post on Twitter 
where they said they added pictures. Game of Thrones book plus The Sims equals Crusader Kings. That sounds people, about right, yeah. Yeah, many people said, truth. Yeah, yeah, I've never played it, but from the stories you're telling me, I was like, yeah, that's, there's a lot of, like, politics in this game and a lot of religiosity and emperorship and uh, <laughs> having heirs with things and people you probably shouldn't have heirs with and electing... Yeah. Certain kinds of governments, and you can do the Charlotte, not Charlemagne, the, what was that guy's name who gave the, the horse senator? Uh, Caligula. Yeah, you can go the Caligula route of making your horse do a lot of things. Can you tell the horse story? Uh, the most recent horse story that happened was at another playthrough that I did, which had 87, 88 episodes of, which is called, uh, Sanula Tovic, which is a Croatian dynasty that is fictional, where I was originally a Slavic pagan. Then briefly, Manichaean. I was thinking about going Catholic, but no, I chose a completely different route. By introducing Manichaeanism and later Zoroastrianism, which not many people have heard that religion because it's obscure. Um, which, if I were to tell you what Zoroastrianism is to any of you <laughs> people out there not familiar with it, let me use it in short gaming terms. It's a religion of people who worship fire and we allow incest marriages for our children. Now, this horse story, and this is concurrent with, again, the incest part, because I was married to my sister wife at that time as I was running an empire of Croatia, which spans from Germany all as far south as Egypt, and then as far west as Morocco, and as far east as Persia. The horse came onto the scene from a previous empress. Many of my dynasty rulers in history were women, and it, and it in that day, it's like, that's kind of frowned upon. But I changed women's laws to full status where they wouldn't look at it that way. And women can rule or command troops. Um, this lunatic empress introduced a horse by the name of Glitterhoof, who became a chancellor of our realm. And then we later turned that horse to our Mobad, Zoroastrian word for priest. Uh, so just try to picture a horse wearing a robe and a white hat. And then I became this emperor, Branimir, that was his name. Uh, when one of my best friends died and this event popped up where, let's drink it in his name of his honor. He wouldn't want to see me cry. And I drank my sorrows away. I'm like, oh, Ahura Mazda, Zoroastrian god. Why did you take him away from me? I became a drunkard. <laughs> And then this event came up. And mind you, I'm not a lunatic. I never was in this character. This uh, happens to women, if you're a male. This guy, uh, or girl, I should say, is <laughs> getting fancy of you. It's like, hey, you want to go to the bedchamber and give her a good tumble? Sure. And then if you give her a tumble, and you'll be like, it's great to be the emperor. But this is a horse that's doing that to me. The horse is getting fancy of me. Um, and... Uh, so I chose, I'm like, you know what, screw it. I chose that path. I gave the horse a tumble. I never impregnated a horse because, well, you know. So the horse became my lover, Glitterhoof. Um, and I had a court physician who is another horse named Horse MD who gives me treatments for whatever that sickens me. Maybe he could give you uh, a hairbrush if you're sick. That's what a horse would do to you. Uh, yeah, there was even a moment where my sister wife uh, 
which we were able to produce children. None of them born inbred, uh, think or mazed. Um, nobody was born inbred. The sister wife confronted that horse, and she she basically ranted that horse. It's like, hey, you stay away from my uh, brother husband. You know, break off this uh, little affair. And and a horse doesn't talk. Obviously. Uh, um, but there are some cases when text events pop up, and if and if it involves your character, and if it's a horse, it does speak like it's English. I think I will add another horse story. It's almost even funnier um, than that love affair. So we ended that love affair with a horse because of my wife confronted it. And during that recording, I said, I love that horse. Horse MD, as I mentioned earlier. Yes. There, there was a separate video I did. And this was a considered a prequel to the Vukovich tales. I was King Nikola, the hunter, who reached the age of 90, um, which is the oldest non-immortal character I played at that point. Yes, you can be immortal to the game. It does take you to a complex chain event. I had abdomen, abdominal pains, abdominal pains, because uh, I'm old, you know. Mm. Gave me a hairbrush treatment, even fixed me up a bag of oats. And later I became incapable, uh, which he gave me a swift kick to the chest as treatment. Yes, this is a horse doing that to me. Yeah, because it's a horse. And this is the same horse who spoke to me, and this is before I got sick, um, that said, again, we have a hospital here in Belgrade, the capital of Serbia, um, where it's like, hey, I want to visit this hospital and do some uh, research on advancement in medical studies. Uh, you know, he wants money for it. Uh, yes, this is a horse talking to me in my head. Um, and I said, sure. I gave him the money and it went away. I'm like, these people are never going to buy him. He's a horse. And guess what? Mm. The horse came back as a renowned physician. I'm like, are these people nuts too? It's such a silly game for being, for like what the context is. Taconic described it as a terrible game for terrible people. I don't know about that. I think Call of Duty is a terrible game for terrible people. In what way? Uh, it's poorly made and only assholes play it. Crusader Kings, from all the stories you've told me, seems like a game of... It's a strategy it's... game that does not take itself seriously as opposed to a lot of the other ones. Another thing you brought to me when you came to me with the idea for the show is uh, the last episode... Well, two episodes. not chronologically, but an episode that you heard... Susie and I do when we did our not quite a reboot episode. <laughs> yeah. um, I talked about a, a thing I'd seen on Twitter about movies that had influenced you, and I had, had more in games that had influenced you or impacted your life in a meaningful way. And I kept it to four uh, because that's what the thing was on Twitter. And you came up with how many for your list of games that influenced or inspired you? Ten. Cripes. Yeah, but I'll rapid fire through these real quick. Um, I just want to get your uh -huh, you understand. Go ahead. All right, ten games that shaped or influenced my life, not in particular order. Mm. Red Dead Redemption. Obviously, we've covered it. Uh, Crusader Kings. A very covered. Battlefield series. Mm, okay, that's cheating. Um, Halo Three, because ten years ago, you know, it's what got me started and still here. I suppose. Of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare series, because, you know, first got into Call of Duty, along with other branching influences that you've heard earlier. Mm -hmm. Like like how I got into Battlefield and strive for realism. Obviously, you wouldn't have played Battlefield had you not played Call of Duty first, sure. Yeah. Big difference. Um, Civilization 4 on the strategy part. 
because longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one may surprise you. Um, Splinter Cell. Did you ever even play that? Um, the first one, and only the first. Um, that's what got me into, you know, the concept of stealth in all games. Not just that. Not that you ever utilize it. Um, even in real life, I could be a sneaky person. No, you can't. I can hear you laughing every time you sneak up on me because you think it's funny. I I learn how not to breathe when sneaking. That's fine. I can still. I'm still better at it than you are. Well, you have sensitive hearing. You've grown more sensitive over the years ever since I started sneaking around. Hmm. Um, the Elder Scrolls series is another. Sure. Um, Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> no, I, I was nodding. So yeah, sure. Uh, all right. The last but not least, the Oregon Trail. Uh, <laughs> you have more silly videos of that nonsense on your channel. Yeah, in the near future, I plan on recording another one with a lot of imitations of many people. Did you ever people. do the Yukon Trail? Yes, I did that back in early 2015. That was when I had a toothache, and I quietly acknowledged it as I did my business, and it was quite a time. I even did the older Oregon Trail versions. Uh. I never really got into Oregon Trail. I was profusely bored by those things. Oh, yeah, it's very repetitive. No, it's like, it's a secret educational game. They try to trick you, making you think it's adventure. Really, you're supposed to be learning shit. Fuck that. And and yet, um, the only thing I'm educating is, well, (laughs) how much of a scumbag that I can be. I mean... I think of of all of the stories you've told me about your years and years in Oregon Trail... My favorite thing you ever did was Wagons East. Oh, yeah. The, 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 I went from west into east. There was even a time that I went from east to east to west. Went from Missouri, and then, then we stopped at Fort Laramie, turned around, go to Iowa, and then turned back around and on a destination. We're taking the world's longest route there. We're going to go on the other side of the earth around to Oregon. Yes, yes. I pretended that Iowa is Oregon. Until uh, somebody smartened me up. When I say somebody, I mean like a favor. Like I saw a sign that says Canesville. Canesville. I looked up a map and I just went, ah! Like you went the wrong way. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, I don't want to raise my voice <laughs> anymore. That's fine. I can change the levels. I have to dick with the audio anyways. Uh-huh. So I think I pretty much got all that covered. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Yes, uh, thank goodness I did not pass out, because I've spoken more than any other singular event. Oh, when I cut when I cut this down, it'll be like an hour or ten minutes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness I'm still alive to tell about it. Fine, just drink some water. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everyone. Say goodbye, Thomas. I didn't mean drink <laughs> water right now. All right, uh, just be sure to check me out at the Lord Master channel. That's Lord Master with a zero, um, R-D, no space in between, M-A-S-T-A. Um, that's where you can find me on the YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the description, probably. All right, thank you.